how special Jesus is and the souls that were saved Sunday morning and then we had more saved Sunday night. And, and you know, we were just blessed. And there, there is something that the Holy Spirit is doing in the air of salvation, bringing home the lost. We had a young man saved Sunday night among the others that had never been saved before. And uh, we, we just praise God for what he's doing. And one of the reasons I believe many people are coming is because they feel that this is a safe place. But one of the things about a safe place is the need to continually keep it a safe place, a place of protection. And I want to start off, uh, I didn't have this plan, but I want to start off in Psalms chapter 51. And I want to share with you a message, not out of judgment, but out of protection. On, uh, like I shared with you when I came back last week, I had some people calling me about this man that we know that tries to stir up things. And how do you know a sheep in a wolf's clothing? And how do you know a wolf in sheep's clothing, that is? And how do you know that, uh, <laughs> anyway, how, how do you know, uh, you know, what is truly the spirit of the Lord? Because one thing I believe, too, about this church that makes it special is that there's so many hungry people. And they're hungry for the pure, precious word and spirit of God. And it says in Psalms 51, uh, David is praying, and he says in verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God. If we don't pray this every day, we're, we're missing something. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit, a steadfast spirit, a right spirit. Say that with me, a right spirit. A right spirit within me. And do not cast me from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And verse 12 says, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. Verse 13. Then, I want everybody just to say that word, then. I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners shall be converted to you. Now, what I want to share with you tonight, none of us are perfect, and none of us will ever be perfect until we're transformed in the presence of Jesus. So we don't have to be perfect to be a minister or a teacher or a minister or a priest of the Lord. But one thing that is important is that we're constantly guarding our hearts, guarding our spirits, that everything we do is out of a right spirit and a right heart for God. And when we control and we watch over our spirits and our hearts, it, it not only guards us and keeps us, then it says then we are able to teach and minister to others, share with others. And one thing that I want to share with you tonight is discerning uh, wolves and sheep clothing, discerning what could be of God and what could not be of God. And I want to start off, and I just want to read these scriptures to you because I did a little word study before I get to my message, if I can get into it tonight. So if you're taking notes, write down these scriptures. And if not, we have the CD and the internet, everything on the internet. And um, encourage you to even get the tape or the CD if you want it. But I want to just share some things with you. And I want to start off with Proverbs 11, verse 27. I'm going to read these to you because I'll be reading this in the Living Bible. Proverbs 11, 27. And I want you to hear these words. And if you have your Bible, underline certain words that jump out to you in your spirit. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 27. It says, if you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. I want you to hear the message translation. It says, the one who seeks good finds delight. Now listen how it says in the message. The student of evil becomes evil. The student of evil becomes evil. Jesus said, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good things. But an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil things. An evil student will end up bringing forth evil. And as we get started, I want to just share a book with you, Gary L. Greenwald. It's a book called Seductions Exposed. And I'll leave it here on for you to come look at if you want to, but I've been giving you information material. Uh, Seductions Exposed by Gary L. Greenwald. And he tells a lot of stories of ministries and people who gave false words to people and led them astray and told them they were supposed to marry somebody and this and that and the other. How many of you know that... that uh, uh, we, we pick around all that, but how many you know when it gets down where you try to make somebody get married, that's up to God, amen? Sister Christy, did I make you and Guy get married? Uh, did I twist your hand, arm? I was going to ask uh, uh, the weeders, but they're playing hooky tonight, so if you're watching me by internet, Bob and Kay, honeymoon's on breaker right now, y'all need to be in church. And so, uh, 
uh, anyway, uh, I, I, never, I never would have put them together in a million years. But God put them together. And God gave a confirmation. And this book right here is by Rick Renner, Merchandising the Anointing. This is an awesome, awesome book that you should have in your library. Merchandising the Anointing. A little paperback, and you probably could even, like I said, I try to get a lot of, as many books as I can uh, used but, uh, to save prices on them. But Merchandising the Anointing, and he starts off by telling a story that my wife and I were a part of, was with a woman named Sister Lucy, who she would manifest at times, her, her brow would start bleeding, her hands would start bleeding, her feet would start bleeding, her side would start bleeding, she would hear the whip and her black would, back would start beating. And uh, we had seen things in, in Central and South America that happens like that, and we didn't have a good uh, witness in our spirit about it, but she got famous, people started putting on TV, she was on satellite, everything. And uh, my wife and I got in trouble for not promoting her videos by uh, a ministry that we were under. And later on, stuff came out, and then uh, people apologized for promoting. But even though a lot of people promote things, if you sent something in your spirit, and you've been guarding your heart, and you've been in the presence of God, and then you follow your spirit, you don't rebel, you don't even have to speak up against it if, if you don't have to. Just pray and intercede and plead the blood of Jesus over your heart. But it says that if you search for good, but what happens if you don't search for good? You'll find evil, and sometimes the enemy will use that. And for example, when I talk about the protection of the flock, some of the things that happen that I wish it wouldn't happen in churches is that you take, for example, counseling with couples. Some pastors, some leaders, get they have a spirit of lust. And they really get something when they hear and they ask couples to give details of their intimacy in their marriage. And, and we need to have enough wisdom to speak up, men and women, and say, Sir, I respect your office, but that is none of your business. If you'd ever hear of me or my wife or any leaders in this church saying, Go into detail, you need to tell Brother Ray Williams or some of the other elders, Brother Marvin in this church, or, or, or me, if it's not me, but it's none of your business of someone else's intimacy or about, uh, uh, about their finances or how much they make. Uh, we're not called to meddle. We're called to love and intercede. And so many times, you know, somebody may miss church for a few weeks and everybody's wanting to try to figure it out in their head. You know, I wonder why they're not here. I wonder what's wrong. You pray for them. You love them. It's not your calling to investigate them. It's your calling to love them. Amen, church. Because if you see, if you have, we have, we have a little bit of evil. If we have a wrong imagination. It can open up the door for us to go places that we don't belong and God won't bless. We want unity. We want, we want the bond of love. And so that's why I'm sharing these scriptures with you tonight. In the Hebrew language, it says, One who seeks the correct path wants what's pleasing to God. Write that down. That's the original Hebrew. That's for he Proverbs eleven twenty seven. One who seeks the correct path wants what's pleasing to God. In other words, I want what's best for my brothers and my sisters. I'm going to seek the good. I'm going to pray for the good. And I'm going to believe the good. And, and when it does, it says we'll find favor with God. And we'll ask God to give his best and good wisdom and good counsel. So uh, he will act in favor of us. And uh, our first priority, of course, is his word above all our needs. Our priority is his word above our deeds, our emotions, and our wants. We don't minister to people out of our emotions. I've lost some people here, uh, very dear people. But he would talk to me before service, and he would tell me the bad time he had at working with the family. Then he would stand up and prophesy to the entire church the same exact thing in rebuking the church for what he went through right before church at his job or his family. And I talked to him. I said, my brother, I said, I believe you're prophesying out of your soul. And when we say, thus saith the Lord, the Bible says to be very careful. When you say, thus saith the Lord, you've got to know that it's God and you're prophesying from the spirit and not prophesying from the soul. And these are some things I want to touch tonight as we get more and more into it. One of the things I read in the Daily Devotion not long ago was Proverbs 19, 20, and 21, and this is the New Living Version. 
Proverbs 19, 20 through 21. Get all the advice and instruction you can and be wise for the rest of your life. Isn't that good? And be wise for the rest of your life. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose. Everybody say that with me. The Lord's purpose will prevail. Say that with me again. The Lord's purpose will prevail. And so it's important. It says get advice, get instruction. But always know, I'm not going to move on people's advice and instructions only. I've got to know in my heart and my spirit, and it has to confirm with the Word. And I'm going to show you that in the Word tonight. It has to confirm with the Word because the Word is total, top authority in my life. And so it's got to line up with the Word. And you'd be amazed how God can give you scriptures to confirm that you never thought it would confirm in that area. Our God is faithful. He loves you. He says, I know the plans and purposes that Sister Ethel was speaking about before church. Jeremiah 23, 11. I know the plans and the purposes that I have for you, thus saith the Lord. They're plans of good and not to do you evil. Well, for us to be counselors and for us to instruct and teach and love people, we've got to be like David and hold, watch our heart. Lord, let there be a renew a right spirit within me so that when I speak to my brothers and my sisters, I'm speaking out of a right spirit, that there's not nothing evil. And so you be careful that you don't feel shamed or embarrassed or, you don't have, or if you have an uneasiness around an, uh, maybe a leader who is an opposite sex and they're asking questions they shouldn't be asking, you have a right to ask leadership's opinion on whether that's right of them asking you such questions or not. And so uh, that's just something I want to share with you to be careful. Amen. I mean, you know, God wants to fulfill his desires in our life. This is what a rabbi wrote about Proverbs eleven twenty seven. 27. Nullify your will before his will so that he will nullify the will of others before your will. If my will is submitted to God, when I go to speak to others and I feel, this is what God wants you to do. This is how what God is leading me to share with you. Well, if my will is submitted to God, then I'm not going to try to manipulate your will to go the way I feel it should go or the way I would go. I want to make sure that I'm giving you godly and, and wise advice. We want to make sure that we're of one mind, as Paul prayed for the church. We're of one mind, the same spirit. And we may not always agree, but that doesn't mean we're always wrong. But we have to be careful that our, my will is not involved in giving you instruction or giving you insight or trying to lead you in different areas of your life. So we all have to always seek the welfare of others. That's what the Word of God calls good. Always seek the welfare of others and not to hurt or bring them down because this is what it says in the Hebrew. We will be repaid measure for measure for any wrong or evil, any evil that we may do in the area of wisdom or counsel or instruction or even prayer. We don't want to use God as an excuse for us to let our flesh start operating in different areas. So we have to keep these areas closed. We have to keep our heart right. And Lord, create a clean heart in me that when I speak to my brother and my sister, I'm speaking out of a clean heart and a right spirit, oh Lord. Then I will be able to teach. So this is what it's talking here. I want the good and the welfare of others. I'm not seeking my own way. You know, someone comes up and says, Pastor, God, God is telling me to give my car to so-and-so. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I would like for you to give your car to me. So I feel like, no, you, no, you know, I, I don't know if you ought to give your car to that person. You know, they got a pretty nice car, but, you know, I could use another car. Well, you know, is that my will or is that God's will? So I got to nullify my will and rejoice when someone else is getting something and I'm not because my time will come. But if I ever rob someone of a blessing and I ever get involved in some areas or you and I get involved in some areas, there's a warning here. Measure for measure. If I give somebody wrong advice on purpose, I better be careful because I will be receiving the measure of the place I'm at with that. So I have to be careful. I've got to seek good and pray for them and seek God's favor for them. You see, if I seek the good and the favor and the blessing for others, that would be paid measure for measure too. If I'm seeking the good for somebody and I'm praying for the good of somebody and I want to see them success and I want to see their marriage healed and I'm not, try, I'm not allowing my feelings and my emotions get involved, then God's going to have people do the same thing for me the way I do it for others. And so what we sow, we reap. And so this is what this is saying. Pray for discernment, but also that our senses and our desires are right. 
Someone say, I want to talk to you for counseling. I want to get your advice on something. Then you immediately just say, Father, I just ask you for supernatural wisdom and guidance and help me to give sound wisdom and instruction according to your desire, not according to my desire. And then we may feel that uh, when we feel something that we may not have the answer, then there's no reason why we can't continue just to keep on digging deeper and deeper. That, Lord, show me, if you want me to have a word for them, give me a word. I'm not going to conjure up a word. I want it to be from you because you stand behind your word, not my word, to perform. Now, there's something it talks about there. An evil student, an evil student, I shared with you in the message, an evil student becomes evil. And the uh, living talks about, but if you search for evil, you will find it. Now, this is the area where we as human believers, new creations growing in Christ Jesus, this is where we have to be careful because the human nature automatically tends evil many times. You already heard the excuse. You don't have to teach a child to lie. It's amazing how that child learns to lie. And you can't blame it on one of your loved ones because that child just somehow learns to lie and stuff like that. So the evil nature, the Adamic nature inside of us many times wants to take over. So that's why we have no confidence in the flesh. Amen. So we need to pray. Pray this with me. Heavenly Father, create in me a clean heart. Renew within me a right spirit and help me to carry out everything with your intention, which is good intentions. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to read another scripture, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 15. Proverbs 13, verse 15. Some of you may think this may seem very basic, what we're talking on tonight, but I feel it's, it, this message is never considered a basic message. This is a message we must really get a hold of because it says in the end times, many will come in to deceive. And so this is something we have to get a hold of. We, but also, I want to make this CD and everything available for many who've asked questions about different things. And so I hope that this will be a tool and a confirmation for years to come. Proverbs 13, 15. Good understanding. Say that word with me. Good. Say it again. Good. Good understanding. Say understanding. Good understanding giveth favor, but the ways of transgressors is hard. And this word hard mean, and this is a clue when you're listening to somebody and you're getting counsel. That word hard means harsh. Harsh on himself and harsh on others. I'm going to give you some things here that I want you to pay attention to when you're opening your heart. I don't want you to be vulnerable. We have a number of people come to this church who's gone to hurt, through hurts and pain and discouragements. One thing we do not want at Word of Grace is that for you to get more hurt, more pain, more harsh words spoken to you. And so it talks about transgressors is hard. They're harsh on themselves and they're harsh on others. A lot of times when you hear of somebody who's really harsh about a certain something, a lot of times it may be because they have that problem themselves. Or if you hear of someone who is harsh on others and very judgmental, that may not be the person you want to put a lot of, uh, bet a lot of dollars on. You know, if we're talking track race here, you don't want to bet a whole lot on what they've got to say if they're harsh. Always harsh, always hard. Well, you know, I knew that person would never make it. Well, if you knew that, why wouldn't you pray that they would make it instead of rejoice that what you thought was going to happen happened? you got a problem. And so this is interesting. If you take in notes, the word harsh is the Hebrew word for traitor. It's a Hebrew word for traitor. Good understanding giveth favor. But the way of transgressors is harsh. Harsh or the way of transgressors gressors open the door for betrayal. How could they betray me? The word says they're sinners in areas of their heart, in areas of their life. So these are some ways for you to see. Let me give you another scripture. Proverbs 14.35. I won't even get to the message. Uh, Proverbs 14.35. Let me give you another scripture here. This is important. Proverbs 14.35. Hey, as I, I ask you to submit to me, I just want to say I submit to you. And I'm submitted to my pastors and, and, and the authority in this church. And like I said... If you would hear or see something that would make you uncomfortable or something, you bring it to my attention or someone's attention or anyone else, someone offers you a, a paper, asks you for a phone number, I'm, 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 I'm ashamed, it's not my fault, but I hate that we have 
I know particular one sister we lost because the men wouldn't leave her alone. And if I would have known, we've handled, uh, what do you call the guys who chase after? Stalkers. We've handled stalkers before. We brought them in the office and threatened to beat them to every inch of their life. And we've prayed for them. No, honestly, we've uh, handled it in the spirit and in the physical realm. And uh, let, let me just say that uh, I'm ashamed that we have lost uh, no, at least one sister because men wouldn't leave them alone. I, I think that if you have a problem, instead of leaving the church, come to me. Or come to one of the leadership so that we can speak to them because we don't want you to be uncomfortable in the house of God. And some men may be in church looking to pick up a woman, just like some go to family reunions to pick up women. <laughs> some women are in church to find them another man. But the thing about it is, is this is supposed to be a dedicated ground for the holiness and the purity of God. And so that's why I'm sharing this message. I'm being very pastoral tonight, but I'm opening my heart with you because I know you're vulnerable and you open your heart to me and you open your heart to others. And I want to give you wisdom to be careful that it's okay to get instruction and counsel, but to please be very careful of what others may tell you. Some people have a habit of jumping around from church to church to get counsel from this body and that body and this body. If we're all hearing from the Holy Spirit, that's fine. In the same spirit, that's fine. But uh, you have to be careful because it's amazing. You get in the car with five people to go to lunch, and somebody's going to have a different opinion than you will. And so you, you have to make sure your relationship is solid in Jesus Christ. And as far as a home church, when you consider this is your home church, it has to be a place of safety and a place where you can come and say, this is going on, this man is calling me, this man is bothering me. Well, that, that's going to stop because we're going to have to talk with him or her. I'm just, I say men, but they've got some wild women. <laughs> I love it when people talk back <laughs> Proverbs 14.35 The king's favor is toward a wise servant That's an awesome scripture Because you'll see that this is talking about Hashim or God The king's favor is toward a wise servant a wise servant is one who walks in love and in the fear of God. One, write this down, one who is not interested in glorifying himself. Now that's a very important area because I've shared with you about harshness, but I'm going to share with you some other things. But one of the areas that you have to watch and is easy to discern when someone is counseling and someone is giving you a wisdom in the scripture, a right spirit and a good heart. One thing we have to be careful for is that someone is not taking the opportunity to be heard because they like being heard. Sense their heart behind it. You can sense compassion. You can sense true love. You can sense the spirit of Abba. You can sense the spirit of a hug. You can sense the spirit of purity. And so that's one of the things you have to be very careful of here is uh, that it's someone who's not interested about, well, the Lord is showing me. Just listen to the tone. Because a servant, a wise servant that the Father honors is one who walks in fear before God and the fear that I'm speaking before God. And Father, I'm speaking on your behalf, so give me a right heart and a right spirit to say these things for that I'm not interested in exalting or glorifying myself because the image of Christ is that Christ emptied himself and took on the form of a servant and was able to wash the feet. So church, I'm telling you, when you hear things on TV, when you read things in books, when you hear somebody tell you, I'm a prophet and a prophet is telling you today, it could be a prophet and many times it is. Some have the spirit of Elijah, they're ready to cut heads and kick over tables. But yet at the same time, you must discern when it's the spirit of a true prophet, and when it's a prophet who's wanting to say something that will make people get excited and respond, the respond any man or any woman that God wants is that there's fruit that will happen in your life and that your life will be blessed by anything I or anyone else would have to tell you. There are, thus saith the Lord, and there are times when there's a, there's a change in the tone. Paul had it. Men of God have it. But we have to be careful. Am I shouting because I want to be heard? Or am I shouting because there's a fire on the inside of me? Amen. Proverbs twenty two eleven. Proverbs twenty two eleven. 
This goes along with everything we've been reading tonight. Proverbs 22, 11. He that loveth pureness of heart. He that loveth pureness of heart. For the grace, unmerited favor, of his lips, the king shall be his friend. He that loveth pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. And once again, the word king there is the word Hashem, the word for God. And I loved it that Brother Darrell sang that song tonight. I am a friend of God. Abraham was a friend of God, and Abraham loved Abraham. God loved Abraham in such a degree of respect and love because Abraham, he told Abraham, I'll give you a covenant if you walk before me perfect. And Abraham, even though was not perfect, his heart was perfect. And God says, I cannot hide from my friend Abraham what I'm about to do. And because Abraham found favor in the eyes of God, that God came down and made a friend and walked with Abraham all of his life and gave Abraham the impossible and gave Abraham what he promised him. But it says here that the king shall desire you to be his friend when you love pureness of hearts and, and, and grace comes from your lips. How many you know in an army, uh, an officer, their sister Anne here tonight, uh, and, and, uh, and others, uh, 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 when an officer gives a command, it's not very wise to speak back. You've seen, enough, you've seen enough movies to know you don't speak back to a commanding officer. If you've seen even a sad sack, y'all remember sad sack with Andy Griffith, that old black and white movie? If you've seen anything even as pure as that, you know you don't talk back to a commanding officer or in the army now with Jerry Lewis. That shows you my level of authority. But anyway, you don't question the commands. And it says the king is likely to befriend you when you're one who seeks truth. Purity of heart. And I'm going to give you something here. Purity of heart. And you can write this down. Purity of heart. Watch and listen for anger and for hatred. I want to give you scriptures with that. Purity of heart. Watch and listen for hatred. For example, one of the things that many times someone will come up to me and they say, what do you think about this brother uh, or this sister? Many times in their life and I'm not judging because you know most everyone in here has been divorced and and that's under the blood of Jesus and you're a new beginner a uh, new believer and but and the, but the thing about it is is that many times when you've gone through a divorce there's hurt there's pain and there's a man or a woman hating spirit and a lot of times you'll find that many times many who call themselves ministers and some who are listening to CD knows who I'm talking about uh, there'll be a there's a there's a spirit of Harshness, hatred, and anger that comes out often. Now, if it come out once, they may be speaking out of pain. But every time you get with them and they, they carry their Bible and they try telling you things and all that, a lot of times there's a harshness and a hatred. And I want to give you a scripture in uh, Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs 10, verse 12. I'm not saying go around and, you know, judge everything because, hey, I've gone home, and you can ask my wife, I've gone home and repented for ministering out of a bad heart or a bad spirit. If I have, I've asked God to forgive me if I've ever spoken in a way I shouldn't have because I'm not perfect. And sometimes my soul may manifest, and I ask God to forgive me, but he hasn't fired me, so he has to forgive me. But I want to read this in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12. The Living Bible says, hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. Hatred stirs up quarrels. Now, one way that I don't have to tell you that you can know that somebody may be ministering, counseling, telling you something in the wrong spirit, is if they're always ready to fight or quarrel about, quarrel about why they're right, why you're wrong. Why pastor was wrong? Why this one's wrong? What's wrong with this church? What's wrong with that church? Many times if you listen to someone, every church they left has been wrong. And every ministry they've been under has been wrong. And I guess when they get to heaven, if they don't get changed, they'll find something wrong there too. Because really, that person has something wrong. And we all have areas we're working on. I'm not judging, but I'm saying hatred stirs up strife. It's amazing how many times if we're 
getting counsel from someone, and we say, well, this sister is my spiritual covering. This brother is my spiritual covering. A lot of times, there'll be church splits because that Jezebel spirit will arise and start pulling people to their side, and they go, but that woman, that woman or that man is so firm. They're so anointed. I just sense the anointing. They always have a word for me. Well, right there, I have a question mark. They always have a word for you. When are you going to get a word for yourself? When do you have to be so dependent upon others to get a word from you? If you're in the presence of God, you're walking in the presence of God, there should be confirmation. So a lot of times when someone has a spirit of hatred or unforgiveness or bitterness from a, maybe another church or, or a relationship or something that's gone wrong uh, 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 in their lives, it's easy for them to have that stirred up on the inside of them and when they share the word to come out with a wrong spirit. So one thing we've got to watch for is hatred. And now let me show you another one is anger in Proverbs fifteen eighteen. Proverbs fifteen eighteen. But she didn't come tonight expecting this, but how many know that we are in discipleship? Amen. Wednesday night's discipleship. And listen, I, I love you too much to be silent in this area. Not that we're having a big problem, but it's something that always manifests here and there. And it manifests when we're gone. And just like in Argentina, I want to leave all these CDs as a library for those who are here after I'm gone. But I hope Jesus don't tarry that long. Amen. Look at Proverbs 15, 18. Because how many know it? It's almost time to go now. <laughs> Proverbs 15, 18. I want to read this in the Living Bible. A hot-tempered person starts fights. A hot-tempered person, a person who's easily, easily angered, starts fights. A cool-tempered person stops them. Well, there's some discernment for you right there. When you're talking to this person, and they're saying, you know what? And, and, and they, you start seeing them get red and their vein starts on their forehead and ends at the end of their nose. There's a vein sticking out that long. Then you ought to know right there there's a problem around here somewhere. They start turning red and bless God, I tell you, we're going to have to fix that preacher. We're going to have to fix that church. Oh, I, we're going to have to fix that wife. We're going to have to fix that husband. I tell you, we're going to have to get a hold of them. I tell you, if there's a spirit of hatred or anger there, it says a, that type of person starts fights. And let me just share that if we're not careful, this spirit easily transfers. Pretty soon, we're easily angered. We're easily hot-tempered just like they are. So these are some things we have to be careful for. And it starts slander and debasing comments. Be careful of slander and debasing comments. Uh, just trying to put down. A lot of times, an inferior, inferior complex is that I'll have to put somebody down and make myself feel good. But how many know you're seated in Christ Jesus? That's all the feel-good you need. Amen? He's only happy if he's constantly starting a quarrel. Be careful for people who are always constantly starting quarrels and, and, and you hear, well, you know, that couple was at our church, our, at our house the other night. We invited them for supper. We thought they might need fellowship. And, and all they want to do was talk about stuff and stir stuff up. And, you know, and then somebody else says, well, you know, we had them at our house and they did the same thing. Well, you watch the track record. If there's always a strife, always a quarrel, always something, you be careful and you, and you just watch that. And it says, and this is what's bad about a person who always starts a quarrel. A lot of times... Even if they know they're wrong, they're still going to do the wrong because if there's wrong and evil in their heart, it's going to manifest. So you'll find that a person that's anger or, or hatred or has something, unforgiveness or something in their life, many times, even though they are wrong, they, they, they're going to want to uh, compromise and want you to compromise too. A lot of times when someone's wrong, they don't like being wrong by themselves. What's that old saying about flies stick together? Or birds of a feather, right? Birds of a feather stick together. Is that what it is? Flies stick together too. Some people didn't bathe tonight. I see some flies running around your head as a halo right now. Oh, my. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to have to uh, end this tonight and then get to my teaching next time. But uh, what, what I want you to see here is, is that even if he knows he's wrong, if, even if she knows she's wrong, she's going to want you to compromise. And just like... The Chinese are patient for taking over the world. The compromised people are patient in, in causing you to get into area to compromise too. They're just not going to tell you, this is what the Lord showed me, this is sin, and we've got to do something about it. They may not necessarily come on strong like that. They'll befriend you, 
have you over for coffee, have you over for cake, have you over for supper, uh, get together. And after a period of time, they say, you know what, instead of going to church on Wednesday night, why don't we just ha- stay home and have our little Bible study because we really don't need what the pastor's teaching on tonight anyway. And I feel we need to spend some time together because we got a covenant relationship here. we got a connection. And they'll just allow things to slowly just build and build around you because uh, a man, a, a person of hate or anger doesn't want to be hate or anger alone because that's no fun. A quarrelsome person doesn't want to quarrel alone, so I want to look for people. A Jezebel, you never find a Jezebel by herself because she always wants to have others around her to build up her, to build that spirit up. And that's what Satan was looking for around the throne of God. He was wanting praise instead of giving the praise to Jesus. So you watch for that. Um, that which is false, we need to keep away. This rabbi said this. He says, send this type of people, or it says, send this type of student away from, for danger of harming others. This person that has that type of spirit and heart, the ra- rabbi said, send that student away before he harms others. Satan looks for quarrels. He's accuser. And he does not respect character nor works. And so pureness of heart does not flatter, but encourage. And I love this. A king loves this type of person. Listen, let me share something with you. It says, a king loves a person who has grace on his lips and pureness of heart. And this is how they wrote it out in the Hebrew. The king, in a way, is even jealous over a person who has grace on his lips and pureness in his heart. Now, this is the power of influence. A king knows that people must obey him because he's the king. They must walk in fear and reverence because he is the king. But the king loves the type of person that has such a pure and a sweet heart and can influence, not out of dominion and out of fear, but people follow because they know you have their best in store for them. And the king says, I want those type of people. A wise king says, I want those type of people around me because the people follow them not for their manipulation and for their lies. doesn't follow them because they fear them like they fear me because I'm the only king. But I don't have people follow me like they follow him. And think of the influence we, the church of Jesus Christ, would have, having the character and the pureness of heart and the grace of our lips. That people... People are, I'm not pastor because I'm pastor and the word of God says you must respect in it, the man of God. Y'all know I never talk that way. If I can't have a church where people feel I have the best for them, then I want them to find a pastor that they feel that he does have the best for them. Because the king gives his favor to those who have grace on their lips and pureness in their heart. And so... We as the church, we could really be an influence at the workplace. We could be an influence with our families, family reunions. We could be influenced with friends and family. Lord, just help us to speak graciousness on our lips. Help us to speak to everyone we come in contact with. Give us the anointing to speak out of a pure heart. Help me to keep a pure heart and a right spirit within me. That way when I speak to people, they don't have to be trying to discern, oh, what's he really up to? I don't know if we can trust this person. Oh, there must be an alternative uh, motive here. But they say, you know, this person really does love me. And he has the best in store for me. He's not out to get me. He's not out to hurt me. He's not out to be like Oshem that goes, hey, daddy's in there naked and he's drunk. But we want to be like the other two that are walking backwards and don't even want to see anything. We want to walk backwards and we want to cover it. I've always said, I want to be a coverer. And I have been, I have been hurt in 27 years of ministry. I've been hurt overseas. And I've been hurt here by people I, I loved a whole lot who were my friends and were, were leadership and people in this church. And uh, I, I loved them very dearly. But, but the thing about it is, is that, uh, you know, I didn't meet the standard that they thought I met or, you know, they, they thought this or they thought that or the other. But, you know, I just have to release them. And I just have to let them go and just say, you know, I was, I was, I believe I was pure in my heart. And I'm not going to try to manipulate you and say, you know what? A curse is going to come on you for leaving my church. I tell everybody, and it's on record, and it's on for years now. You want to leave? Come and let me bless you. Let me open the door and bless you. And then that way you'll always feel like you can come back because you left good. You don't have to leave bad or angry. Leave good. 
That way you can find out, you know, I need to get back over there. You can come back to it. Amen? Get back where you belong. Because I don't have to lord over you. So the king wants that type of person who is submitted to God and has a pure heart and a right motive and a right spirit. Because what I was going to say is I've covered a lot of people overseas and here. And uh, even later, I didn't bring up and didn't bring out things that I had covered. But I felt I needed to cover because I felt in my heart it was a true sense of repentance. And they were truly sorry for what they did. So I didn't feel any need to bring it forward. A lot of times I believe that's a religious spirit. Uh, and, and, and we have to really, we have to be real careful when you bring people's sins to the front and, and have them uh, get in front of people and, and, and apologize and repent publicly. Now there's a place in the Word of God for that. But I believe you better be know that you know that you know from God that God is telling you that that person has to repent publicly. Because I believe that if we go before God with a sincere heart, that we are ask God to forgive us, I know that He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I don't believe we have to make an example out of people. Now, Paul, at one instance, because a young man was sleeping with his mother-in-law and he wouldn't repent, he did say such a one needs to repent before the church because he did it with church people and so forth and so on. And there is a place of repentance. But I don't believe everything has to be brought to the front. And I don't believe you have to tell everybody your sins and your temptations and the areas you're fighting with. It's, now, if you're in a condition where you're continually sinning in the same way, the Bible says confess your faults one to another. That area is the way you break strongholds. And sometimes you do have to get a leader and someone you trust and someone you know that loves you that will never speak out and tell about you that sometimes you do have to go to a person and confess your faults one to another, but you better be discerning and you better know who you're speaking to before you open up and start telling your faults to one another because you don't want to find out that their nickname is Town Talk Junior. <laughs> and that it gets all over the place. People say, well, you know, that may be a little too kind. I read you the scriptures tonight. They that seek good. We want to be seekers of good in everybody. Even when we sense something, I'm not looking for confirmation. Lord, if it's you, then Lord, you know how to deal with it. And you know how it needs to be dealt with. But God, I want to be extra sensitive because by the measure I deal out, be the measure it be dealt to me. And so I want to encourage you, church. This was a good message tonight. And this was just a word study I did that I didn't even write my get to my message. I got four more pages for my message, I guess. But I was going to give you some scriptures about how to, how to do that. But let's stand on our feet. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you care for us. And you are the shepherd, our, the great shepherd, our protector, our guide. You said in your word you didn't leave us in the darkness. We're not blind children trying to find our way. Thank you that you said, I will send you the comforter, the Holy Ghost who will guide you into all truth. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the Holy Spirit purifying our hearts to receive the engrafted Word of God. Thank you that we are learning how to divide asunder what may be our mind and our soul and what is of the Spirit and of the Word. Thank you for teaching us and training us that we may be like those who have their senses matured to discern between truth and error. Help us to be a body of love. But Lord, as we've been studying, we want to be a body of wisdom and understanding and instruction. We desire to hold and to have your heart and be able to offer that to others. To be a place of protection for people who are running wounded and hurt and need a place of safety to run to. Lord, make us that church. Make us like you. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. And your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. And before we dismiss, I must ask you, if you're here tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior, if you're here tonight and you're not sure that your sins are forgiven and you do not know that your name's in the Lamb's book of life, or maybe you've accepted Him but you've wandered away and you know you need to come back to Him, if that's you here tonight and you need to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, forgiveness of your sins, eternal life and glory, or if you know you need to come back to the Father, raise your hand right there where you are. Anyone at all. You know you need to come back home to the Father, to a place of safety, a place of goodness. God bless you, my sister.
God bless you. Is there anyone else here tonight? Anyone else at all? God bless you, sister. I see your hand. God bless you. Is there anyone else at all? You need to come home. Get your life right with God. God bless you, sister. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anyone else tonight? This is my night. I tell you, we are in revival. Souls are coming to Christ. We are at our greatest moment right now, one of our greatest moments ever. And anyone else tonight, you want to get your life right with Christ, raise your hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Would you three who raised your hand, three sisters, would you all come and allow us the honor to lead you in the prayer of salvation? Would you come and profess Christ tonight? Honey, would you come stand with me? Oh, hallelujah. Bring the little buddy. He took his tie off. He got comfortable. You stand right here, sis. You can face us. Hallelujah. Thank you. Just come face us. We're going to pray for you. God bless you. Oh, hallelujah. This is y'all's first time to come. Is this your first time? No, you've been here before. But you're ready tonight to make a decision to fully follow Jesus. He's worth it all, isn't he? Amen. Now, you've accepted him before. You've just given your life back over to him. And you too, sis, you've given your life back over to him. You've prayed the prayer of salvation before. Would you put your hands upon your heart? And would you pray with me as the word says, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we shall be saved. So would you pray this with me, please? Pray this in your heart and faith. Dear Heavenly Father, I come home to you tonight. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. All the ones I know about. And those I do not. Jesus, I receive you. And I confess you as my Lord and my personal Savior. Thank you for purchasing me through your blood that you shed on Calvary. Come into my heart and save me. Take over my life. And I thank you tonight and forever. I am yours and you are mine. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord praise. God bless you. Just stay up here. Hallelujah. God bless you. How old are you? Huh? Three years old. Isn't he cute? God bless you. Good to see you. Now, that's her little boy. We, uh, before y'all leave, we want to get y'all's addresses and everything. But how many of you believe that our God is not only a saving God, he's a healing God? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. How did you hear about the church? Uh, actually, uh, from Pastor Natasha. She was uh, talking to us about our congregation and how we had a church that we left with some health issues. Uh -huh. And that she had known our pastor. And that's how we first got into the word of God. Well, we welcome you. We're glad I have you. How old are you? I'm 15. 15. Looking forward to you meeting the youth. And, uh, of course, you've been coming here. Uh, what we want to do right now, uh, what is this that you're fighting? Lupus. How many believe that Jesus' name is above lupus? Amen. Would you raise your hands towards our sister? Agree with us tonight for a supernatural miracle, healing from God over your body. Amen. The Word of God says, you, you, know, the, you, you, know the, you, you know all about anointing with oil, I know. And uh, I was raised Baptist too, so uh, we, we, we know Jesus loves us and He wants to heal us. Amen. So I'm going to anoint you according to the Word of God with oil. And we're going to pray in the prayer of faith. And your family here, we're in agreement. The Word says if two or three agree, well, we're more than that. And we're agreeing for you right now in the name of Jesus. What's your name? Misty. Misty. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I anoint your daughter Misty. She's not saved by works. She's not saved by rules. She's not saved by regulations. She is saved purely upon the price that Christ paid at Calvary. And even as she received her salvation freely that was given to her, just because you're a good God that desires us to be saved and all to repent and none to perish, you're the same God who is willing for us to be healed and be made whole. According to your word in 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes we were healed. Now, Lord, I anoint Misty with oil, according to your word. And we shall anoint the sick with oil. We shall pray the prayer of faith in the name of Jesus Christ, and the sick shall recover. 
Now in Jesus' name, we take the keys of the kingdom and we come against and take authority over every form of lupus. You spirit of infirmity and you lying symptom of hell, we come against you in the authority of the name of Jesus. And all the scars and all the manifestation and all the pain and all the symptoms of lupus, we command every cell and every part of it to die now at the mention of Jesus' name. Spirit of infirmity, you must tremble and you must loose your grip off of Misty. She does not belong to you. She is not of this world and she is not of hell. She is of the kingdom of the Most High God. And right now we decree and we praise you that Misty right now is the healed of the Lord. And we pray and we believe for that anointing that lifts the burdens and destroys the yokes. That from this night forward there is a miraculous move. The working of miracles and the gifts of faith. The gifts of healing operating in her mortal body, quickening it and making it alive. And lupus cannot abide in the presence of the Most High God. And we give you praise that this temple of the Holy Spirit is sanctified, delivered, healed, and freed from every form of lupus. And we pray it and believe it, seal it by Jesus' name. And the church says, the church says, and the church says, amen and amen. Now, Jesus is the best plastic surgeon in the world. And we know that we're going to see a difference in you, inside and out. And we, and we believe so, and we accept you, our sister, in Jesus' name and through his blood. God bless you, Misty, healed of the Lord. God bless you, girl. Bless you, little fella. Hallelujah. God bless you. Make sure they get your names and numbers. Did you need prayer? Are you okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, listen, love you. Glad to see Good to see you again. Listen, I know there's a number of people that uh, were speaking of needing prayer, and we're going to pray with you and anoint you with oil. We want to go ahead and dismiss those who have to go. But if you want to stay and you want to pray and intercede with us, you're welcome. Uh, we just praise God for our praying body. This is a house of prayer. And so if not, we dismiss you. Don't forget to look at everything that's happening. Look at the bulletins. And uh, we're going to see you Sunday morning. And please... Bring somebody you don't know Sunday morning. Let's fill this place, and let's see more souls saved for the glory of God. Don't forget, Sunday school is at 9. And one of the things that is in this book about seductions exposed is soul ties. And you're still teaching on that? Our sister uh, is still teaching on soul ties. And I encourage you, 9 o'clock Sunday morning, come and get a hold of some of those teachings. And then I believe it may be continuing again in September, October, uh, in some, some more teaching in that area. So, uh, get these books, come and look at them, write them down. We love you, we bless you, we dismiss you, dismissed. God bless you. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray for you. In Jesus' name, amen.